Hello everyone and welcome to Thursday Thyroid Talks, my brilliant and beautiful friends all over the globe. My name is Sarah Lohman and I am a certified transformational nutrition coach. And thanks to my 10 years of illness from thyroid disease that I have been able to put into remission, I am now a holistic root cause coach for women battling thyroid illness as well. My focus is to figure out your root causes for your symptoms so I can help you restore your energy, gain emotional and spiritual peace, learn how to eat properly, lose weight, and rewrite your happiness story. It is my intention to use this podcast platform to empower and educate thyroid warriors against the mainstream ideas of what thyroid disease is and to help combat feelings of confusion, isolation, and loneliness. Plus, provide the truth behind why you're sick and suffering, and more importantly, what you can do to help yourself. Thank you so much for being here, either live or on the replay, and I have a fantastic guest for you guys today. Her name is Sarah Kneebone. So, Sarah is a holistic Oh, sorry, is a certified holistic health coach and breathwork facilitator. Sarah combines dietary and lifestyle optimization with deep emotional healing practices to help busy, tired women overcome the root cause of their Hashimoto symptoms, reignite their energy, and get the zest for their life back. After being hospitalized with sepsis and diagnosed with autoimmune thyroiditis or Hashimoto's, Sarah realized that her unsustainably fast-paced lifestyle and unprocessed trauma needed to be resolved. Sarah began a transformative healing journey that led to the remission of her condition and a career change from marketing manager to a holistic health coach. Mojo Health Space was born out of a deep desire to help others and sorry one second get their mojo back and Sarah now dedicates her life to supporting women one-on-one through her one-on-one coaching and she also has a podcast that you guys can check out as well called More Mojo and she has her signature coaching course called I've got Hashimoto's, now what? So let's put your hands up, everyone, for Sarah. I see you, Sarah. I'm bringing you on. Hi, Ada. Thank you for being here. All right, here she comes. Any second, no. You got to send me a request to join. Let me see if I can send you one. No, I can't. There. Oh, there it is. I got it. I did click it. Oh, there it is. Hello, hello, Sarah. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So you have quite the interesting backstory. I can't wait to hear more about it. Um. So, yeah, the whole sepsis and hospitalization, I was like, whoa, that's an interesting story. Actually, I haven't heard of anyone 
um, that went through a sepsis situation. So why don't you start from the beginning and tell us um, a summary of everything you went through, your Hashimoto's diagnosis, and how you became a coach now? Yeah, so... I think everyone's Hashi story is complicated. It's just whether you kind of put the pieces together, um, you know, with any chronic condition, there's usually a multitude of reasons behind it. Um, I grew up thinking I was pretty healthy. I was like proud of the fact I'd never broken a bone and I never got sick. And, and then there was kind of a turning point where I had a kind of season of just typical teenager, like partying really hard, drinking a lot, eating a lot including like all the things I know now don't work with my body. Um, and also just going into the corporate world and working a really, really stressful job or a series of jobs. Um, and I also moved to Australia from England, went through a big breakup and just a whole lot of stuff happened at once. And I basically was just really, really disconnected from my body. So I, I was working really hard, working weekends, working nights, um, for this boss that didn't appreciate me at all. But back then I was, you know, I'm a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> I think a lot of us are. Good for you. Good yeah. Friends. And I was just, I had no boundaries, you know, I was just a yes girl. I'd do anything anyone wanted and like morph myself to have people love me and like me. And because my sense of self, my, like my self-worth was so low at this point. And so when I got symptoms of a UTI, I didn't even notice them at all until they spread to my kidneys. And um, I, then I just felt a bit faint, a bit lightheaded, a bit low energy. I remember I was trying to move house with my boyfriend at the time and he was like, why aren't you helping? And I was just like, I'm so tired. I think he just thought I was being lazy. But I was like, mm. I cannot get off the floor. And then I remember I walked to a pharmacy to go and see if I could get some sort of painkiller or something. And I had to lie down um, on a bench halfway there and it was a five minute walk. Um, and yeah. at that point I was kind of like, yeah, this isn't normal. Mm -hmm. Went to the hospital and they were basically like, uh, you had a kidney infection, but it spread to your blood. Mm -hmm. And so you have blood poisoning. And I quickly Googled it and it was like one in three people die. And I was like, wow, how did I barely notice that this was happening to me? <laughs> um, the first call I made was to my boss. That was another big red flag. Like I was meant to be hosting an event that weekend and I called him to say, I'm still going to come. I'm going to come on my drip because I was on an antibiotic drip. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get permission from the nurse and I'm going to come on my drip. Like I was delirious. And then I spent a whole week on a drip in the hospital, spent another week at home in bed, more antibiotics. And like, as you well know, antibiotics, gut health don't go well together. Uh, and all the stress of the situation. And then I just kept getting ill. Like after that, I was getting bronchitis, I was getting yeast infections and UTIs and just getting sick so easily. And I was going back to the doctors and being like, what, why is this happening? Like, I never used to have this happen. And they were just telling me the classic, you know, it's women's problems. Women just get these kind of infections. Just keep taking some more antibiotics. Um, and after about, I don't know, six months to a year of that, I was like, I just can't put up with this anymore. So I'm going to have to work it out myself. And I just dove into, I wasn't into holistic health at all. You know, I was a party girl. I just used to eat pizza at 3 a.m. and drink a lot of wine. Uh, <laughs> and then I was like diving into holistic health, listening to all these podcasts. 
And I listened to um, a podcast with a woman who had Hashimoto's. I mean, what are the chances of that? Like, I feel like the universe threw me a lifeline there. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I re resonate with everything they're saying so much. So I went to the doctors and requested a blood test, the antibodies, because fortunately, I had that knowledge from the podcast that you need to get the antibodies tested too. You know, I know a lot of people listening might have only had their TSH tested, but yeah, they came back positive. So I got my diagnosis and that was really the start of everything. But I remember I was only 24 years old and just thinking like, just bursting into tears, running outside, all these people staring at me. I remember there was these construction workers looking at me and I'm just like in floods of tears. Um, because the doctor said all the stuff that everyone's heard that, you know, you're never going to heal this. There's nothing you can do. It's only going to get worse. Um, just all of these negative disempowering statements. And like, yeah, the, I, sorry. it's that damn like doom story, doomsday story. Yeah. And at 24, I mean, no one else wants to hear that, but <laughs> that is so young. Wow. Yeah. So then I, you know, I had my moment of wallowing and being angry and having to go through all those emotions, um, feeling like it wasn't fair, I was too young and I didn't deserve this. And looking at people in the street that were doing things that I considered unhealthy, like I'd see someone smoking and I'd be like, why aren't they here? Why am I here? <laughs> um, mm. And then I hired a naturopath. I think that was the first positive step I took. Um, once I'd gone through, you know, like, dwelling on it and then getting to the other side and being like, well, I'm the only person that's going to help me in this situation because the conventional medical system won't. And so what can I do? And um, yeah, the first person I hired was a naturopath and she was incredible. And she was also a, a listening ear. And I think she didn't even realize so like that a big part of her role was that, was that like she was actually willing to hear me out and not minimize what I was going through. Um, so yeah, we started on like gut health, you know, testing for, parasites and the dysbiosis that I had in candida and um, I literally she told me that I had the worst gut like stool sample that they'd ever seen <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> yeah which I had but, retaken like a year ago and they said it was one of the best they'd ever seen so I was like okay things yeah. can change <laughs> uh-huh but you know I because I tell my clients this all the time um I'm like it's okay that it's terrible because now we have a baseline of where to start and we can watch it progress. So it's okay. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I say with everything with Hashimoto is like, you know, we're going to talk about root causes and things. So we're going to too much depth, but obviously with that, it can be like, Oh my God, there's all these things that could be wrong. Like you can take it like that or you can take it like, Oh, there's all these things that I can actually look into. And every time I address one of them, I'm going to get closer to, the kind of health that I want and probably better health than you had before once you've got this mentality so exactly wow yeah so that you know I was it's interesting to hear because you were so when you went through all this you said you were in Australia mm -hmm. okay so obviously I'm in the states been here my whole life so I'm like so this is just like the rhetoric worldwide yeah it's just gaslight, blame the women, no answers. All right. Well, I mean, that's why we're here, right? <laughs> yeah. We do what we do. And it's the same in the UK as well, you know, having come from there oh. and then going back since, you know, that's, I'm sure anyone watching that's from any of those places will second that. 
Yeah, that's too bad. Well, yeah, it's uh, don't believe them. (laughs) I love that. So I'm glad you got, um, you know, I, I find everything like what you said, where you're looking around at everyone and you're like, why are, why aren't they sick? And, um, it, there's a silver lining, you know, to everyone's trials. And I mean, look at the, the sudden change in your life and your health that you had at such a young age. And now what a powerful path you're on to help other women. And so, um, I do know that when we get our diagnosis, we do go through those like grieving stages and the pity parties and like, Oh, poor me. What am I going to do? But I love that you just like empowered yourself right out of it mm-hmm. and, um, and started finding all of the, the things to work on. So let's dive into that. Yeah. Um, let's start talking about some root causes of Hashimoto's because I think that's what everyone wants to know. So, um, I know there's multiple, so I'm just going to like leave it general for you. Like, what do you think are some root causes of Hashimoto's? Yeah. So as I mentioned, like there are a lot, but I don't want people listening to feel overwhelmed by that. Just see it as like, Mm -hmm. these are all opportunities, something you could look into and it could completely change your life. Like, you know, with celiac, it's a bit easier. It's like, remove the gluten, remove the problem. With Hashimoto's, there's a lot more. So um, for me, like the first ones I realized were like parasites, like I said, the dysbiosis in my gut, um, leaky gut, because obviously that's a precursor to autoimmunity. So um, for anyone listening who doesn't know, like you have to have leaky gut for autoimmunity to perpetuate. So um, if you have an autoimmune condition, you have gut issues. So definitely look into that. Um, and like, you know, re- just recorrecting the balance, like getting rid of the bad guys, putting some more good guys in. <laughs> um and also like infections. So a lot of people find that they had EBV or that they've got um, yeast infections. Like there's obviously different types of infections that you can have, but um, it's when the bad guys are overrunning the show inside basically. Um, yeah. And then I know um, Emily Kibbard was on a second ago watching, but she had mold issues. Like mold is a huge one as well. Um, basically anything that's getting into your body and like causing destruction um and then once you you know while we're still talking about gut obviously like if your gut health isn't good then you're going to end up with nutrient deficiencies so Mm -hmm. a lot of people with Hashimoto's find that they're reactive to a lot of foods and another thing I try and tell people is like you're not always going to be that way it's just right now because your gut health isn't good you are reacting to so many foods and that's where like the autoimmune protocol comes in or other kind of healing diets to figure out like a, what is irritating your system? And B, how can we nourish your system more um, to replace some of these nutrients that you've lost? And like, I know you know this, but you know, there's so much connection between things with hashis. Like, you know, you are chronically stressed because you have trauma. So that means now your adrenals are all over the shop and you're not absorbing your food properly. So now you've got nutrient deficiencies and now your different organs can't process what they need to do or your detox organs aren't working properly. So it kind of all has like a cascading effect. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's important to understand that like, it's not the candida, like the candida is not wrecking your life, but the candida is there because of these other imbalances. So it's about kind of, I I like talking about it like a puzzle and you've got these different puzzle pieces that are relevant for you. 
And then as you put them together, suddenly it all just comes together and you're like, oh, like I don't have any of these problems anymore. I don't have any of these symptoms anymore. And you can pull back on all the kind of extreme stuff you feel you've had to do, like, you know, really strongly eliminating certain foods because your body's back in a place of balance and so it can tolerate stuff. And so like I always try and talk about the way I live now, I barely even remember that I have Hashimoto's because I don't I don't have symptoms from it. I don't have antibodies, my levels are good and like you wouldn't know I had it. But then a few years ago it was running my life. And all the difference has been is me just being like, why is this happening? And then addressing those problems. Sounds simple, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, first of all, you have to get with someone who can help you figure out the deeper questions. Like you said, the whys. Because some know? of them are emotional and some of them are physical. Mm -hmm. Like for some of them, you're not going to know if you've got a mold problem unless you go maybe speak to a functional medicine doctor and get that testing done or whoever mm -hmm. can do it. So it's definitely about like empowering yourself with education, but also not, because I know a lot of people with hashies, I talk about like a personality type that is a result of trauma, but a lot of us have like this type A, perfectionism, people pleasing, low self-worth, like overworking, overgiving. And that's a lot of the reason why we're burnt out, but we don't want to accept help. Like I, I know I was like that. I was like, well, I'm going to do this myself. And it's like, this is one of those things where, it's so important to ask for help because you can Google stuff, but putting it together and having it personalized and getting the tests and having the emotional support, like they're the things that will actually make the transformation. Absolutely. And like you said, the, the personalized tailored to you individual answers, protocols. And then like you said, the, the attention, motivation, support and education, it's massive. Yeah. I mean, it's uh uh, I always say like, if I would have known, I didn't even know coaches existed when I was sick. Like I didn't know that was a thing, you know? And um, like, had I have known that there was women like us out there that can do all these things, I would have jumped on it in a heartbeat, Yeah, you know, because trying to do it yourself and figure out all your root cause factors yourself when you're in that state of like, I don't feel good, I'm depleted, and it's just too overwhelming to even think about. Mm. It's like, you want to give up before you even begin, you know, yeah. and you yeah. need someone to show you and help you. Yeah. I think especially if they've been through it before, like that's something that because it can feel so isolating, or like nobody else understands. And especially when you spend to a whole load of doctors that have just said, that kind of stuff like it's women's problems yeah. or like they've just shoved you off and I'm not like like bashing all doctors but the conventional medical system in general just doesn't understand chronic conditions very well and so when you're in that state like you said of like overwhelm confusion low self-esteem fatigue like brain fog it's hard to go to those sessions and not come out and just feel like wow there's nothing I can do like it's you feel so defeated mm-hmm yeah, I'm so like grateful you... for like functional and holistic medicine. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> I know, right? It really is. I mean, it 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 goes that layer deeper. But personally, for me, like, um, I hired tons of them. I think I went through four or six. You know, it was like I was able to get the deeper answers. But like you just said, they didn't ever put together. Yeah. the like personalized protocols like they could ju 
They could just be like, oh, you have EBV. It's like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do with that education? What, what am I supposed to do with that? You know, it's like, they're not going to start you on an antiviral protocol, you know? So yeah. yeah. Like or they, they do, like, do the conversation in between and like the support mm -hmm. in between or answering your questions. I've done that before. I hired a really expensive functional doc and it was like, you're not allowed to talk to me in between appointments. And then the appointment's like really expensive anyway. And then I'm like, well, mm -hmm. I don't know what to do with any of what you've said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's like we need to start your morning routine, your schedule, and all the things that like make it happen. <laughs> you know, make the transformation happen. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so like you said, the gut dysbiosis, um, the the low nutrients that go into the inability to digest your food properly, the poor gut health that goes into the inability to absorb any like what you are eating yeah. um and then um the bad guys that are overgrowing because you don't have enough of the good guys um to put it simply yeah um so true so so many um of the the root causes right there and then the mindset the emotional aspect of it and the trauma so let's talk about the trauma a little bit because this, this is isn't like my obsession <laughs> Is it? Yeah. That's this is awesome. all I talk about. Like, if you go through my feeds on my on my posts on my feed, like, I rarely ever talk about the rest of it because I'm just so passionate about the trauma side of it. Yeah, it's it's a big component. Um, so tell me about your trauma story and and all your healing around that. Yeah. So for me, I I got to a good level and I did actually get into remission without doing a huge amount of that work. Um, I'd been to see energy healers and done Reiki, and so I I was into it, but um. I still hadn't really reflected properly. I more did it because I was like, I'm in Bali. I'm going to go see a Reiki healer. <laughs> cool. Um, and then I had my son and obviously like postpartum throws everything up again. And I, I had a lot of anxiety and depression. Like I really struggled. It was in the COVID lockdown period. I literally had him two weeks before the lockdown. Um, oh. We just moved countries. We didn't know anybody. And it was just me and my other half just doing it all on our own. And it was really hard. And I was breastfeeding and co-sleeping and I just had no space for my baby. And mm -hmm. that sounds like a horrible thing to say, but when you are already dealing with a chronic condition and then, you know, someone, someone is depleting you because he was physically from breastfeeding and then on you and emotionally draining, like that was like, oh, now I can't do my perfect morning routine. And I got, you know, like I had all these things in place mm -hmm. to keep everything together. And then it was suddenly like, all of that is thrown. I don't have any time to look after myself. You know, like I'm yeah. not feeding myself as best as I could. I'm not, you know, I'm not meditating twice a day for 20 minutes. And it was like, oh, this is how you do hashies with like family life. Like that's even harder. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and then I got into like psych K therapy, which is a type of counseling that involves the kind of more like spiritual side of it. Like, um, and then I got into breath work. So I trained to be a breath work facilitator after only having done a few sessions because I was just like, wow, this is so powerful. And I mm -hmm. learned about the nervous system and the fact that if your nervous system isn't stable and constantly in fight or flight, you literally can't heal. So like your body mm -hmm. has two modes, rest, digest and heal and fight, flight, freeze, uh, fawn which is panic mode, it's survival mode. And it's what mm -hmm. a lot of us are living in all the time. 
And, mm -hmm. you know, it's that like shallow chest breathing and like rushing through your day to do your to-do list and then beating yourself up at night because you haven't done your to-do list. And like all what I was talking about earlier about that low self-worth and overgiving and overworking, like that comes from a place of trauma, whether you remember it or mm -hmm. not and whether you would count it or not. Because a lot of people think, right, well, I wasn't physically abused as a child. So like, I don't have trauma when actually like there's big T trauma and little T trauma, we're all traumatized in different ways. And a lot of us with Hashimoto's have been through a lot. Like if you reflect back on your past and that's why you have those responses because you never were made to feel you were good enough potentially by your caregivers, or maybe they were really focused on academic achievement. And so you thought you had to do X, Y, Z to be good enough rather than just being good enough for who you are. Um, or it could be bullying or it could be abusive relationships. Uh, it could be divorce. It could be car crashes. Like there's so many little yeah. things in life that we go through that are adding up in our system and we're not processing them because our society is just like, but just keep working more and like, you know, smash things out achieve all the things and it adds up to the point where our body can't do it anymore. And, um, you know, a lot of people have had she's experienced burnout because of this and flare ups because of this, or maybe even your Hashimoto started because of this. And so I quickly realized that I wasn't going to be able to get back under control with Hashimoto's after having Jack's unless I dealt with this stuff, unless I, did somatic healing modalities that incorporated the body rather than just trying to like talk through my problems and move through that emotion and shift the trauma and all the stuck emotion out of my body so that I could be in that parasympathetic state during the day, you know, calm, grounded, um, an increased capacity to tolerate stress because I hate when people are just like, you know, talking about eliminating stress because it's not possible, but it's more about like, in nervous system talk it's it's increasing your capacity to cope with stresses in life and come back to your baseline quicker and your baseline is rest digest and heal so like the more time you can spend there the more likely you are to get into remission and and heal Hashimoto's I love that so much yeah um I can directly hi everyone thank you for being here I can directly relate my Hashimoto's to my marriage, the marriage I was in. It was a very abusive marriage. I think it was, I, I just recently, like in the past few months, started learning about narcissists, like oh. totally, because I have a, a friend who's training to be a narcissist coach. And so she teaches me that everything. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I'm like, I've been reflecting like, oh my gosh, I think that's what I was married to. And he, I, I got so, so sick from the stress of that marriage. And I have had a lot of women um, say that to me as well, that, you know, they got sick from their relationship and the, the trauma and the stress and the constant fight or flight, um, you know, and yeah, so it can be, you know, like you said, multiple traumas from your childhood or from something you're currently in, like you said, your, your relationship. And so I'm glad you brought that up. Um, because the other for thing me, is that, links to, sorry, that links to the other things. So I did a post about weight loss the other day, because I don't talk about weight loss. I don't think it's something we should focus yeah. on, even though obviously it's one of the 
you know, most significant symptoms of low thyroid, right? But mm-hmm. I don't focus on it. I think it can be a side, you deal with your weight loss as a side effect of dealing with the other stuff. But and so much stuff is stress because if you think about it, like as women, we've been taught to believe that we're not good enough unless we're thin and we focus on our, you know, appearance. And that's why we're obsessed with our weight. But if you are stressed, then you're inflamed, then your adrenals are all over the shop, then your body Mm. is like clinging on to weight because of that. You know, the other thing is we start thinking, right, well, I'm overweight, so I need to like exercise harder and starve myself and punish myself more. And all of that comes from the trauma too, you know, like that I'm not good Mm -hmm. enough, so I need to fix me. And that means shrinking me, um, depriving myself instead of nourishing myself beating myself up with HIIT workouts that just ruin my hormones. <laughs> um, and realizing that often stress and trauma is at the root of all of this. And once that goes away and our body can, can feel calm and all the systems can operate and talk to each other properly and our detox organs work properly, the weight will come off naturally. You yeah. Know? So I heard about um, when I was studying the adrenals, I... Um, I I had it like an analogy like this and it it just stayed with me. So I wonder if you have like a moment from it too. It's like, imagine your adrenals are just like pumping, just constantly pumping. And they're pumping out basically like an acid. That's not good for you. And so where does that acid go? Well, it absorbs your liver, absorbs it, right? So basically, it's like, imagine your acids being, your liver's being scorched and like hurt. And mm-hmm. so, um, so then your liver, because it's being burnt and scorched, it, it can't function the way it's supposed to, which is the one of the main mechanisms you need in order to be able to lose weight, right? Yeah. Like a healthy, thriving liver. And I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense you know? Mm -hmm. And so like you said, if you can kick your adrenals and your nervous system out of the constant fight, flight, or freeze, I actually haven't heard the freeze part, but that's so true. Um, Yeah, imagine like, just everything gets lighter. And your body can just like breathe and have room to like, do what it needs to do and function properly. Yeah, because then Mm. you don't have like, you don't have like blood sugar, like everyone looks, you're looking at the symptoms rather than the root. Again, it like comes back to the root cause. And I think this is why stress and trauma, like trauma is often the root underneath these symptoms. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like blood sugar imbalances or hormonal imbalances. Um, and even stuff like, you know, your T4 to, three, to T3 conversion, like a lot of people yeah. struggle with that. You know, for people listening that don't know, like T3 is the active thyroid hormone. So you could be taking T4 until the cows come home. And if your body's not converting it, then you still aren't going to feel good and your uh, ranges aren't going to get better. And like, you need good T4 to T3 conversion for your metabolism to function properly. So people are like, right, well, that's the problem. And it's like, actually, is this process not happening because your body is under stress? And so the processes aren't working. So there's so many things like that, where it's like, we need to go one layer deeper. And And that's Oh, so I was going to say, and that ties it all back to the root causes of the the gut dysbiosis, the, the, the liver, the detox pathways, not open and sluggish and toxic. And I love everything you're saying. It's that, that cascade you said earlier. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it sounds complicated, but I just think, like, I try and advise people just, like, one step at a time, you know? Yeah. Like, this didn't happen to you, like, wham, bam. You didn't just, like, wake up yeah. and have it. Like, it's been happening over years. And so each little thing you can do, like, one more layer, one more layer, one more layer. And then you'll just, you will wake up and be like, oh, kind of forgot that I have it today. Like, it wasn't mm. on my mind all day. Or, like, I had the energy to do X, Y, Z today. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just, like layering the daily yeah. habit and the the yeah the shifts yeah yeah but the trauma aspect the trauma piece of it is really important I too had to work with a reiki master um to be able to to because I never processed my dad's death I realized it was just stored mm -hmm. in me I just pushed it away and ignored it like it never happened and then when my brother was shot and killed um like all my dad's death came out in me too and now I was grieving both of them at the same time. Plus I had to go through and process and release all the trauma from my marriage. And so it was just like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And why do you so, think you have to do that on your own? Like you, for some reason you do. You're just like, we don't want to get on with it. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't have done that on my own. I had to seek help for that because it was so overwhelming and it was like, all I could think about and you know energy healers really know how they that's what they do they help you release um so I'm glad that you had to go through that as well because that's that's an underlying factor that I almost everyone I talk to there's a trauma piece I it comes out in our conversations yeah that has to be like addressed something that annoys me about the industry in general is people will either not even mention it or they will just talk about it in such a like, oh, mindset, stress management, like just go meditate, like surface level. And that's just not enough. Mm -hmm. Like that's not enough to make a difference. And so people think they're taking the box by just like meditating a little bit or whatever. And like, it's usually so much deeper, which is not something that everybody wants to face. You know, like it's heavy yeah. face, but it's just so empowering because you, you end up coming back to you again. Like, I feel like I found this version of myself that never would have come out if I didn't have Hashimoto's. I was so insecure. I used to just mold myself to be whatever I thought other people wanted me to be. I wanted everyone to like me. Like, I just did what the job that I thought my parents would want. All of this shit. And then when I did all this emotional healing stuff, and particularly with the breath work and the like body-based healing where you don't have to remember stuff and talk through stuff like it's done through your body it's so powerful and mm -hmm. then you end up coming back to you like I just feel like I'm the most confident happy like energetic version of myself I've ever been and it's from having to, had to go through all this shit <laughs> I love that I love that so much because that and and that is the outcome that everyone can get once you decide to mm -hmm. first put yourself, you have to decide to put yourself first, you know? And I love, you know, I want to touch on the piece that you said about being a new mom and completely losing yourself. Um, I was very, very sick when I had my daughter and same thing. It was like the, the fatigue, you know, I called it you know, the hypo drag um, mm -hmm. on top of, the nursing on top of the fatigue from not sleeping, the co-sleeping, everything. It was like, I thought I was going to die. I just, you know, and like you said, it, it, and I want you to know that it's okay to want and need space from your baby. Like that's okay. You know, like we need to step away from our children 
And this, this is one of the things, because I have an 18 year old, I'm 42. So I've been mom in a, a long time now. You laid out the other side. <laughs> yeah. And I can tell you from my own mothering, I was never taught, we are not taught that it's okay to step away from your family and do daily grounding practices that you need to do, whatever that may be, going to the gym, going for a walk, journaling, going and listening to some music or a podcast and taking some deep breaths while you sit under a tree, anything that feels good for you. You know, we feel like we have to just be there constantly and it depletes us in every freaking way possible. And then we end up a shell of a person. We don't know who we are. And then we really start getting sick or sicker. Mm. And that is something that everyone needs to really chew on. Like, it's not just, I, I feel like it's deeper than the message of like self-care. It is like, yeah, you have to do this, you know? Yeah, you, that's another one of those concepts. I think self-care that's just a bit light and people just throw it around and it's like, so much deeper and more meaningful than that and but like even you know at this point I had trained to be a health coach I was you know I was educated on this stuff and I still I still lost myself for a good year like that first year was just a mess and obviously it was COVID as well you know it was really weird times for everyone um but that's again I think why you do have to try and get support with like and it has to be in multiple facets like at different mm -hmm. times in your journey you might need different people like for example, I said my naturopath, but then another time it could be a coach. It could be a different kind of doctor, but it also needs to be like community, you know, like Instagram with other women who know what you're going through or other mums, or like just always reaching out rather than just staying in your own head yeah. and letting it escalate. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The loneliness and the isolation is enough right there to make you super sick. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, they, re they talked about that in the blue zones, didn't they? Like, you know, everyone knows about the blue zone diets, like the Mediterranean stuff where everyone thinks, right, it's because they eat so much like oil and fish. And it's actually the biggest reason is that they live the longest in the world is because they have such strong community. Mm -hmm. They go for big walks together every day. They have big meals together every day. Like they can rely on each other. And our society, like America, England, Australia is very individualistic. You know, moms are just left to manage everything on their own but they also should work <laughs> and they don't have their like village and everything and then you add chronic illness into that it's just a recipe for disaster <laughs> yeah it's a disaster <laughs> disaster pants but then you're still hard on yourself you're still like oh it's my yeah. fault I'm not good enough and like all the guilt comes on it's just crazy yeah <laughs> and it's not true everyone is doing the best they can to the best of their capabilities and you know, that's all we can do is the best we can do. Yeah. I literally shared that on my stories today because I was like, I need this reminder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, for you and every other new mom, young mom out there, overwhelmed mom, I just want you guys to know that you are kicking butt and you're doing good and, <laughs> you know, you're doing the best you can and don't beat yourselves up. It's not worth it. It's not yeah. worth it. And so, the more you invest in your, yourself as well, the more you'll be able to give back to your kids anyway. Like when you have a little yes. break from them. or when you like, for example, yes. you know, go to therapy or 
invest in a coach or do a course, whatever it is to like better yourself, then you're going to be able to show up better anyway. So it's a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're away for it's when you're away for those little bits, like I literally would just walk out my door and I found a grassy spot in my neighborhood that had a beautiful tree and I would put some um, healing tones on like uh, 432 hertz or, you know, just something very peaceful to listen mm -hmm. to. And I would just simply sit. It, it was my practice. After I stopped work, I would go sit and either, well, you know, depending on the time of year, I'd watch the sunset or I would just, I would just be, I would just be there. I would have my shoes off. I would be comfortable. Um enjoying the breeze and I would just chill for 20 no, minutes for 20 minutes and then it was like I'd go back and it helped me honestly it helped me decompress from work too and shift out of work mode and more into like okay now it's dinner time be with the family and it helps with that transition as well but it also fills your cup back up so you can go back and cook dinner and you know and be with everyone and homework or whatever it is that you got to do you know play mm -hmm. times reading all this stuff yeah. um so it very much helps and I encourage you anyone listening to try that <laughs> and also I think kids help you be more playful and pl being playful mm -hmm. is very very healing you know just being present in that moment being joyful not multitasking and yes. just the way that kids are just they like you can learn so much from kids like their boundaries you know, all of that kind of stuff. I'm just like watching my toddler stand up to me and I'm like, do you know what? I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. That's actually true. I, once I started recovering my energy and I could feel like I was a mom again, I started doing like handstands and like being involved in the play. And it really made me feel happier. And like you said, it's just, it's so uh, healing to be, more playful and get down to their level it really is like when you can handle it it feels really good yeah yeah mm -hmm. well thank you so much for being here i enjoyed our conversation me too thanks for having me and thanks to everyone who joined yes. yes so why don't you tell everyone where they can find you and all of your awesome stuff yeah so my handle is at mojo health space and um I'm mainly on there. I do have a TikTok, but I'm not really into that yet. Um, all my links are on my Instagram. So there's a link to a freebie you can download about um, meal prepping and budgeting with the AIP diet with Hashimoto's. Um, I have a podcast, the More Mojo podcast, which is linked, but you can just search that anywhere. And that's just sharing stories of women who have overcome big obstacles in life. Uh, Sarah's on it soon. Um, and to get their mojo back. Like this one page is about like all about getting your mojo and your zest for life back. And then there's also a link to my course. I've got Hashimoto's Now What, which is a six week blueprint basically of how to heal Hashimoto's, like what it is, why it happens, um, how to build a support team, and then how to optimize your diet and lifestyle. And also the emotional side of things that we talked about. Um, there's, you know, breathwork videos in there and all about the nervous system too. So it really just gives you that like jumping off point. So you don't have to Google everything. That's uh, all in one place. And I also do one-to-one -one coaching and breathwork sessions 
like I said, if you want to personalize that experience, um, then you can do too. So all the links are on my Instagram. It's probably the best place to go. Awesome. You guys go get her freebie. It sounds great. Go check out all of her stuff. It's uh, amazing. She's amazing. And I know you're in good hands when you work with her. So yeah, thank you again. And you know, I just want to say that I absolutely love your name. The mojo. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been told this, but it reminds me of the Austin Powers movies. No, I haven't. I love that. Because <laughs> he, he's like trying to get his mojo back. It's so cute. I love I love that series. So yeah, it's it's cute. All right. Well, sorry, everyone that's just jumping on. We are wrapping it up. So you can check out the replay. Um, I'm going to post it in a few minutes. And then it's also going to be live on my YouTube page. And then it'll also be um, in the audio format on Spotify and Apple Podcasts in the next week. So thanks again, everyone. And I'll talk to you Thank soon. Let's love. Bye. Bye. I mean, wow. Wasn't that episode so good, you guys? Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And if you haven't already, please go and subscribe. This way you can leave me your thoughts about this episode in the comment section or what your favorite takeaway was. And guess what? If you're using the Spotify app, you can send me a voice message too. That would seriously make my day. If you'd like to see this episode live, you can catch the replay on my YouTube page, which is Coach Show Joy. And if you haven't already, come hang out with me on Instagram. You can see all my latest stories, program drops, and educational reels. My IG handle is at coach.sarah.joy. But wait, before you go, I want to invite any women who are battling a thyroid condition to join me in an episode to share your thyroid journey. After all, this podcast is for us to share your unique thyroid stories with each other in order to combat the feelings of isolation, anxiety, and loneliness that we all experience with thyroid illnesses. So if you're feeling called, please DM me on Instagram or email me at number one at gmail.com. And I will also post that in the show notes below. Thanks again, you guys. And I'm sending you all so much healing, love, and light. Take care.